Good morning, Northlanders, and welcome to Sound Off. The Sound Off host is Brad Bennett, who has served this country as a Marine Corps sergeant during the Vietnam War and has served this community as a three-term member of the Duluth School Board. Now, Sound Off, and let your voice be heard. Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, howdy, Northlanders. Well, we don't have a winner in the Bear Grease yet, but it's getting close. There's going to be one tonight. Uh, but by the way, Kenny, is uh, is Ryan Anderson still leading, it looks like? I think he is. Jeez, sure. just out of the hey. shoot, huh? I, I, I'm not caught up on my Bear Grease leaders right now, Brad. <laughs> you brought it well, up. What do you got? Leading, he was leading this morning, and uh, he, he's he been leading. Well, he's like a four-time winner, I think, of that. But he's been leading. He's out front on the final day, according to the Duluth News Tribune uh, he finished about 8.30 uh, or 8.30 last night. Monday, he came in uh, in first place. Anderson, a four-time Bear Grease Marathon champion, two-time winner of the Bear Grease mid-distance race from Cushing, Wisconsin, said he was leading the race this early, but that's unusual for him. He said, I'd rather be the hunter, not the hunted. And that makes sense. You know, you don't necessarily want to be out in the lead because everybody's shooting at you then. Everybody's coming after you. But if you've got a team that's capable of overtaking anybody, you kind of like to be coming in from the rear and just blow by somebody and win it going away. So anyway, they project uh, that this will end uh, Tuesday evening at Grand Portage Lodge and Casino. The race started Sunday at Billy's Barn Duluth. Temperatures remained below zero on Monday, chilling for mushers, but perfect for the dogs. Evidently, the dogs like it cold like this. Oh, yeah. They like the cold. Yeah. Weather. Yeah. You know, they wear the booties to protect themselves from the, the, the icy, snowy trail. Yes. More yes. than the cold, uh, because that's not going to offer much protection from cold temperatures. But, yeah, they're uh, that breed, the Husky, the Alaskan Husky, uh, they love this kind of weather, and uh, boy, I'll tell you, 28 below this morning in Hibbing currently. It, we just got the update from Hibbing at top of the hour, four below. Still four below. Yeah. So it's probably not going to warm up a great deal between now and uh, tonight when the mushers finally come in to win the big race. But they said it was the it made the conditions perfect on the trail. They said when it's this cold, the snow really sets up. So you're not getting bogged down in soft, fluffy snow or anything like that or, or snow that's melting and, you know, that you're going to get bogged down in almost like mud on it. It's It sets up hard and you just cruise along the top of it. No problem. Yeah, so. yesterday in Duluth, Brad, the high temperature was minus one. Wow. Normal high this time of the year in Duluth is 20. 17 below was the low yesterday in Duluth. Two above is the normal low. So yesterday's average temperature in Duluth was minus nine. Well, we've got a perfect day today for the for what it is. You know, there's a, every day on the calendar, there's something that, you know, it's either a potato chip day or hot dog day or something day. Today is hot chocolate day. Yeah, I saw that. I love hot chocolate. Yeah, me too. And uh, I got to tell you, what a better day, huh? And and I'm going to out them because my wife and I went down to Amsoil for a women's hockey game. Not this past weekend. It was a weekend before they were playing uh, Bemidji State, and we both got hot chocolates. It was awful. 
Really? It was the worst hot chocolate I've ever had. I'm sorry, Ams Oil. Step up your game on the hot chocolate. Oh, it was horrible. They're probably they're probably using that uh, packaged crap. You know the well pack, that packaged you know. crap. I I'll take it. They had the ratio of water to hot chocolate mix was really bad. Oh, <laughs> it just okay. it, it was it. There was no flavor and. You know, I'm not going to uh, buy that's, it if that's, if that's the way it is, yeah, but uh, they got to fix their hot chocolate uh, machine. Yeah, but National Hot Chocolate Day, it's also, are you ready, Brad? You love I'm these. Ready. Eat your Brussels sprouts day. Oh, no. No, yes. no. No, 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 <laughs> no. Me and Brussels sprouts don't get along. <laughs> I actually like them. I mean, I don't rush to get them or eat them, but I do like them. Do you do you have any problem eating corn? No. Okay, I I for some reason my stomach doesn't handle corn very well. I mean ugh, raw corn. Not I can do cooked corn fine. But the other night we had uh, chipotle. We had a we split a bowl from chipotle and they had in there uh raw corn. It was kind of a sweet corn or whatever it was. I don't know. It was almost like a pickled corn. Sure. And it tasted good. But the kernels, as they went down, did not want to digest. And all night long, I was doing this. Bradley. That was not good. Yikes. See, I've got to ask yeah, you something. Yeah, she wanted to come back. Yes. Is Joe Biden still saying this? I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. <laughs> well, he might be, but I think he's getting a little more paranoid. Not too much about the discovery of classified documents so far. But I read a report yesterday, Kenny, in the New York Post that I guess uh, it it was rather interesting. They said that his house, his press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, has repeatedly assured the public that President Biden is committed in his classified document scandal to move forward in a very transparent way. Except for one thing. Uh, They haven't even talked about yet his senatorial records that he evidently was uh, was very aware that there was some stuff in there that he may not want people to see. And he gave that huge library of all of his senatorial records. Remember, he's been a senator before he was vice president, obviously before he was president, but he was a senator for a lot of years. And he turned that whole bunch of documents over to the University of Delaware, and the university is sitting on those documents due to a cynical, cynical arrangement. Anyway, we got Chad on the phone. I want to talk guns. I want to talk uh, hardware. I want to talk clothing. I want to talk especially concealed carry classes. Chad, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Brad. And yes, we have all that, and people are taking advantage of that. They are buying firearms, they're buying ammo, they're taking classes. You know, we do a lot of things underneath one roof. We're the only place in northern Minnesota that does that. You know, and then we have a full rental department, which we put new guns. It seems like we're putting new guns in our rental department every week. Wow. There's uh, all kinds of concealed carry firearms coming out. That's what I've seen and and heard and, and been reading. Of course, I love to read those magazines, firearm magazines, and and it looks like there's Four or five new concealed carry handguns that come out almost every month, it seems like. There is. You know, everybody's trying to get the most ammunition they can into the smallest firearm and yet still be comfortable. And there's a lot of companies doing that. And we have them in stock. We have a lot of firearms in stock. 
that are new to this year. And if you haven't had a chance to come up and see them or try them out, come on up and see us. You know, that's what makes us unique. Not only that, but we're getting a lot of folks that are first-timers into the industry, which is phenomenal. You know, so we have a lot of people coming up and they're learning how to use a firearm. And we're teaching them um, responsible firearm ownership, you know, and what it takes to learn how to use that and be proficient with it. Well, and I think one of the greatest things that you guys do up there, the first time you told me about it, the first time I saw that whole period of, of handguns on the rack there, is is the rental deal where you can go in and you if you don't know what kind of a handgun you you might want to purchase and you and you you look at them in the case there and you say boy that one looks pretty I think I'd buy that one it may not function the way you want it to at all it may not feel good in your hand but if you get a a period out on the out on the shooting range which you can do because what do you got? What is it like five bucks rental? I think or something like that. It's five dollar rental, you know. And we get a lot of folks. Like I said, they will come up and oh, I like that one. Well, we got it over here in the rental department. Take it out of the range and try it. See if it fits you. Yeah. See if you're comfortable yes. with it because what fits somebody else might not fit you. And we and you know, we get a lot of folks. Well, my neighbor has this, or my husband said to buy this. You know. Yeah. Well, first off, yeah. we're going to find something that's comfortable for you, and then we're going to get you proficient and comfortable with that firearm out on the range. Sounds like a good deal to me, boy. I'll tell you what I thought as soon as I saw the way you were doing that, I thought that is that makes so much sense. And and you didn't care if a if a guy came back four or five times tried different uh, firearms each time because then you know when he buys that firearm, he's going to feel pretty good about that one is really the one I want to have. Yes, you know, and with that being said, Brad, we are taking on some new instructors for the permit to carry class. We are offering more classes, and the instructors that we're taking on are former law enforcement, so they do have the same experience that I do, and it's great to have that teacher that has that experience teaching that class. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's, uh, that's another thing that makes all, all the difference in the world because when you're new and you haven't had a license before, you want to ask those kind of questions. What can I do? What legally can I do? And what better way to find out from a law enforcement officer or somebody who's served in that role? Well, let's uh, let, let's tell people where they can find Dead On Shooting Range. It's very, very simple. Just get on Highway 2 coming out of Proctor, go north about eight miles until you kind of get to the bend in the road where it bends off to the right. Right there on your left is Dead On Shooting Range Retail Store, uh, Training Center, Classrooms, uh, Indoor Shooting Range, so much more. you got to get up there and try it out, folks. If you have a question about a class coming up, you can either give them a call at 218-729-9689 or simply go to their fantastic website, all one word, deadonshootingrange.com. I highly suggest getting in your vehicle and going up there if you haven't been up there yet. You're going to just want to go out on that shooting range and uh, give it a whirl. So thank you, Chad. Appreciate it very much. Dead on shooting range, great place for proficiency and for you to learn a lot. We'll be right back. we got to go to our first break, and then we'll come back. KDAL time, 1126, National Weather Service in Duluth. Lots of sunshine and cold air. It's one below at the National Weather Service, also one below in Hayward. Now, folks around the Hayward Lakes area today, partly sunny, breezy, Going to get up to maybe 7 above, but those wind chills are going to uh, put a little bit of a damper on the day today. And then tonight, uh, minus 5. And tomorrow, uh, Hayward, uh, Wednesday, partly sunny and 17. 
You know, I got to tell you, even with this kind of weather, Kenny, there are a lot of Finlanders and other people in the Northland that are into this whole deal. When I was a kid, living up in Floodwood, we had a buddy up there, and his dad had a sauna. They lived on a lake, and his dad had a sauna, and in this kind of weather, they would chop a hole off the end of the dock. And then you'd go in the sauna and you'd just cook your brains off until you're just sweating every pore, sweating. Uh. And then you run out and jump off the dock into that into that frozen lake. Yeah. And then run back up and try to get warm again. I mean, it's just such a shock to your body. I think if I yeah. did that now, I'd probably have a stroke or a heart attack well, immediately. Well, I've, I've got two things to add to that. <clears throat> I uh, posted a picture yesterday, actually, of the temperature in the basement at the K Ranch. And the, I saw that. Yeah, it was 52 degrees. That. And I shower. We have a shower in the basement. We have one upstairs as well. But I use the basement. Uh, and uh, I don't know. There's something refreshing about getting out of that hot shower and being a little chilly oh, and yeah. drying off. And <laughs> I don't mind it. And uh, my second uh, story to that, Brad, remember Hal Smith's Health Spa out in the West oh, End? Oh, sure. Yeah, it was Absolutely. across from Nick's. Yeah. And now it's, yep. I think, Medill Dance Studios. I, well, I believe it It either was or is. Okay, but anyways, yeah. there was Hell Smith's Health Spa, and it was a place where you went and, you know, worked out and lifted weights, and they had a sauna and a cold plunge. So you got out oh, of the yes. sauna and you went into the cold plunge. It was probably, I don't know, six feet, seven feet deep, enough to get underneath. Well, <laughs> I had my glasses on. And not thinking, I plunge into the cold plunge. My glasses pop off. Well, the only thing I could think of was getting out. Now I have to go back in to get my glasses. <laughs> to find your glasses. <laughs> so, yeah. Didn't I ever tell you my Hal Smith story? <laughs> I was recruited into the VFW in Hal Smith's sauna. Now, he was a real person. He was he, absolutely him and his him and his wife owned the place. Yeah, and and in fact, at that back in those days, I was in the insurance business, and I insured Hal Smith's Hell Spa. So of course, I had to go there because you know it wouldn't be right if I didn't go there if I'm insuring it and making money off them. And I'm sitting in the sauna, and you know you're naked, and I don't like to talk to people necessarily while I'm naked. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't know what's going on. So the, this guy is sitting uh, just down a little bit from me, and he evidently saw my marine tattoo on my arm, and he says to me, he says, uh, "You you were you in the Marines?" <laughs> I said, "What was the giveaway?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, I was." He said, uh, "Did you uh, did you serve during the war? Were you in uh, Vietnam?" I said, "Well, yes, I was." He said, are you a member of the VFW? And I said, no. He said, well, you are. You should be now. I'm going to give you, as soon as you get out of the shower here or when you're done, I'm going to give you an application. You should come down and you become a member. And it was Chick Hendrickson. Did you ever meet Chick Hendrickson? I don't think so. Okay. Well, Chick was a, a former commander down there. He was, uh, he was a, I believe, a captain in the Marine Corps in Vietnam. He had served in uh, Korea and Vietnam both. Maybe even World War II. I'm not sure. But anyway, he was very involved down there. And he's the guy that talked me into, uh, into joining, the, joining the VFW. Well, let me ask you, what was, what was Hal Smith's military background? I believe, if I remember right, I believe he was in the Air Force. Okay, so he was a veteran. Yeah, yeah. Any idea of his status today? Is he still with us? I believe he's passed away. Oh, that's too bad. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was he was getting up there a little bit. He was just a super guy to deal with, both him and his wife. And his wife kind of, you know, did a big part of running the place and taking memberships and doing all that. They were just really nice people. Al Smith's house. Boy, that brings back some days. <laughs> so I got to tell you, Brad, I was reading uh, this story. Actually, I was reading it on Twitter. It might have been on WCCO's Twitter feed about uh, the uh, state of Minnesota passing this abortion bill oh, that allows oh. abortions up to uh, the day before birth. Yeah. And it struck me. It struck me that just a week before that, remember what Governor Walls said about the state of Minnesota? It, he was talking about the uh, the surplus and what we might do with that. And he said he's going to uh, increase education so Minnesota becomes the best state for children. Yes, best education state in the country. Yep. Now, he should have said the best state for children if you're allowed to live. Yes, if you happen to make it through the life process. <laughs> I mean, you no, can't make this stuff kind of, up. It's it's a no, sad irony. It's not only sad, Kenny, it's embarrassing uh when you think about it to say, yeah, I come from Minnesota. Yeah, we. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know we got the uh, we we got the 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 absolute worst abortion laws, uh, toughest abortion laws. You can have an abortion right up to the moment of uh, delivery. Um, that's okay. And you know that goes against what uh, what Walls had said all along. Walls had said even during the campaign that any changes that were made to the abortion laws in Minnesota were going to be bipartisan. Well, these aren't bipartisan. This was rammed down your throat by a completely democratic organization. And you know what? Even now, they're still trying to uh, to make some changes. What they want to do now is after they've passed this law, they want to now get rid of any other potential law that might still be on the books that limit abortions in any way, shape, or form in the state of Minnesota. Uh, Demo Democrats, according to Alpha News this morning, uh, Democrats want to want to uh, pass bills to get rid of anything that might be a little bit less restrictive than the than this. Uh, what did they call this thing anyway? This bill uh, they called it the Protect Reproduction Reproductive Options Act. That that's certainly misnamed. Well, let me tell you, we got to do our CBS News break, and then we'll come back and discuss this a little bit because there's some. Interesting sidelights to this. We'll be right back. KDAL time, 1136, Baudette, Minnesota, sunny, minus 7. How about, uh, where are we here? Big Forks, sunny and two below. Boy, they're warming up. It was real cold up in that part of the state this morning. Uh, the National Weather Service in Duluth is now at minus 3. The Duluth Harbor, minus 2. And Brad, real quickly, there was a report released here. The city of Duluth Police Department has issued a statement at approximately 8.30 a.m. this morning the Duluth police responded to the international airport for a report of a male, a man suffering from a mental health issue making threats to shoot. Officers quickly responded and set up a perimeter. The male left prior to officers' arrival. While conducting initial investigation into the incident, the suspected male returned to the airport and Duluth police officers apprehended him without incident. No one was injured. A 51-year-old Virginia resident, Vincent Muccio, Machio will be booked at the St. Louis County Jail on pending threats of violence charges. Now, it, 
it sounds at first blush, Kenny, like this guy was having a mental breakdown and that he wanted to get arrested. Well, yeah, who knows? I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm having a little bit of an issue with this, a mental health issue. I mean, that's vague. Um, Very vague. But nonetheless, yeah. uh, good work by officers on the D shift for quickly responding to the incident. Thank you to the airport authority, the FBI, Hermantown Police, and the St. Louis County Sheriff's Office for assisting on the call. Now, you said this took place at the airport. Do you know? Do you happen to know where there? Was it in... It doesn't say specifically, but it does say at the airport, so I would imagine that uh, it may be uh, inside. I don't know, but at 8.30 this morning, and uh, there was a perimeter set up, and he had huh. left. He was gone, rather, when by the time the officers arrived, but then but he then showed he up back. again and was yeah. arrested, so... No, no indication whether or not he did actually have a firearm with him or or not. Doesn't say that. I didn't hear it anyway. Yeah. I okay. mean, Brad, can every crime or can every incident be now labeled as a mental health issue? Oh boy, it's getting to sound like that, doesn't it? I mean, it really does. Um, you know, because who's to say what exactly you're going through or a person is going through? If you're sh if you shoot up and kill six or eight people, most people are going to believe that you were having some sort of a mental uh, situation going on in your life. Well, you hear people don't just normally do that. Exactly. On a level head. Exactly. So uh, when somebody says that, well, I had a DUI, and and then they have to make a statement. Maybe they're a, a person of notoriety, uh, a city administrator, whatever, and then they uh, go to the press and say, I made a terrible mistake. Well, can they say yeah. I had a, a, a mental health breakdown? And I'm not trying to make fun of it. I'm just trying no. to draw some clarity and, and take away the vagueness of it. Well, I don't think you're going to be able to take away the vagueness, Kenny, because I think you're absolutely right. I think you can just, I think just about anybody, a guy could go in and say, you know what, my wife left me and my kid, I'm not going to be able to see my kids. I'm despondent. I, uh, I'm going to blow my brains out or shoot the first person that comes by. It, it, almost any issue could be classified as uh, a mental breakdown, you know, and it, it's you see it all the time, unfortunately. Well, Kenny, this uh, story we were talking about is, uh, here's how it read, and you hit it almost dead on this morning when you talked about um, Minnesota. Uh, it says, uh, the Democrats just passed the protection reduction, the the protection Reproductive Option Act, which critics are calling the most radical abortion law in the country, if not the world. But they're not done yet. That's frightening, if they're not done yet. HF 91, Senate File 70, which would essentially repeal what remains of Minnesota's regulations on the abortion industry, including medical protection for infants who survive abortions. In other words, we have that or did have that in Minnesota. If if you were trying to abort a child and that child happened to live or come through it, Minnesota uh, Minnesota's law was written so that you could get health insurance, you could get protection for that uh, uh, aborted abortion that survived. And they banned, but now this new law has banning the use of public funds for the procedure under Minnesota Care. In other words, they're not going to cover you if you if that chi if that child lives <clears throat> and you want some coverage for it, 
eh, you're going to have to provide it on your own. Tina Liebling, a DFLer from Rochester, said her bill seeks to remove from the status, from the statute books, many outdated, unused, and unconstitutional laws. What, trying to help a child that has lived through an abortion is unconstitutional? That infringes on the right to have an abortion in one way or another. According to Liebling's pro-life politicians have used shaming and inflammatory rhetoric to convince Minnesotans that politicians should be managing abortion access. Is that, is that really what all of you out there in the listening audience thought, that, 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 uh, that politicians have been trying to shame you and inflame you into uh, somehow not going with an abortion? I mean, this is... This is almost unconstitutional. I mean, not unconstitutional. It's almost unthinkable. Anyway, we're going to go through now. We're going to go through the record books and find any law that might still be out there that somehow gives an unborn child some protection, and we're going to get rid of it. We're going to squash it. We're going to kill it. Unless, of course, uh, Michelle Fishbach has her way. (laughs) Michelle Fishbach is a uh, congresswoman, a Minnesota State Congresswoman, and she's a Republican, obviously. She has ignited conversations about why taxpayers are currently forced to fund abortion. She uh, She has two bills before the U.S. House of Representatives this month. The Republican Congresswoman proposed pieces of legislation, including the Defund Planned Parenthood Act. Now, she said, look, if you want to go to Planned Parenthood and if you want them to abort your baby, that's one thing. But if you want other taxpayers to pay for it, why should they do that? Why should somebody whose religious beliefs, their moral beliefs, their inner beliefs, just go against abortions, be forced to put money out of their own wallet to pay for your abortions? So she has come up with H.R. 371, which is called Protecting Life and Taxpayers Act. And what it does basically is it says exactly what I just said. Uh, Planned Parenthood can still operate, but they're not going to do it with government money. And they're not going to perform abortions with government money if that gets passed. Of course, the likelihood of that happening. Now, she's a congresswoman. Right now, the Congress is uh, has a a minor Republican control. We have about four or five votes uh, on control. So if it gets passed through the House, it still has to then go to the Senate where the Democrats control it, and it will more than likely get killed there. So it's, it's a mess. Organizations like Planned Parenthood, though, according to Michelle Fishbach, and I know she's right on this, receives millions of hard-earned tax dollars every year to provide abortions on demand. She said Americans across the country value the lives of precious unborn babies, and it's wrong to force all of them to spend their tax money on something that is against their closest held values. Anyway, we've got to go to Minnesota News Break, and then we'll come back with more here in hour number one on a Tuesday edition of Sound Off. KDAL time is 1151 sunshine, cold temperatures zero is the current temp at the National Weather Service. And Brad, on the phone, we do have Russ Francisco from Marine General. 
Russ Francisco, how in the world are you? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm good. I went on my fishing trip. Uh, I'll tell you what, it was so cold and windy and miserable, but we still caught fish, and it was just fun. You mean like cold, like 60 degrees? Yeah, but, well, no, it was colder than that. It was like in the 50s with a cold wind chill. Really? Yeah. Today I, I talked to a fellow this morning in Jacksonville that bought some stuff from us, and it was 80 above. <laughs> Oh, and I know. The next day after we got done fishing, the very next day on the way home on that Sunday, it got up to 81. <laughs> Isn't that something? Which is on the for there. We caught, we caught some red drum. We caught some uh, spotted trout. It was, it was a nice day. Very fun day. Good. Good. You'll do it again, hopefully. Yeah, I, well, I'm hoping to, exactly to do that. In the meantime, we're so cold here, but people are still getting out. If you got a, if you got a one-man, two-man uh, tent pullover, uh, you can sit there on the ice, pull that baby over, pull out a heater that's about the size of a pop can, and you can be toasty warm, can't you? You can. You know, it's been a big, uh, because of the ice conditions and stuff, it's been a big uh, pop-up month where, where umbrella tents are really, really been busy. Yeah, we're actually running out of some when we had to order more. So, so uh, we'll keep running the sale and on those tents. They're all twenty percent off, and, and uh, we've got a, a couple of deals. We bought um, the uh, Otter Lodge, which is a two-man, nice, nice size two-man tent, and they're normally twelve hundred bucks. You buy them for eight hundred dollars. Uh, we were able to get twelve of them. When they're gone, they're gone. But um, so that's a good deal. And then we've got uh, um, we still got all the clothing on sale at half price: boots, hats, gloves, mitts, floating suits. Jackets and bibs and the whole ball of wax. And, and uh, all the other tents are 20% off. The augers are 20% off. Uh, we're, we need to make room. We just got uh, three pallets of pure fishing. That's Fenwick and, and uh, Ugly Sticks and things like that. We just got those in. Uh, and uh, yesterday we got two pallets of Okuma in. We got Daiwa on the way next week. The boat show uh, opens up on the 16th of February here. So all this stuff is rolling in right now. And so we're going to get it priced and get it up and, and uh, get people going. In the meantime, if you're still ice fishing, which most of us are looking forward to a day, we'll probably get to go now. Uh, now that it got cold, uh, uh, we've got all that stuff uh, on the racks, and people can pick away at it. Lots of lures and things like that, so we're in good shape. Well, I'll tell you what, it is a great time to be able to buy the equipment that you might need. If not today, you might need it in the future. Some of the clothing and things that Russ has on sale there at Marine General right now is stuff that is quality products. It's never going out of style. Do yourself a favor and take a little trip today. Get in your vehicle, drive out to 15th Avenue East and London Road, Upper Side. If you're listening to us streaming anywhere in the country and you can't uh, drive out to Marine General, go to your computer, just simply put in marinegeneral.com, and you can order right from there. They will ship it that day, or if not the next morning, right to your door. Give them a call on their 800 number, 1-800-777-8557. Marine General, just about anything you could need for any kind of fishing from the Northland, courtesy of the fine folks there. Come on into Marine General and get outdoors with us. Thank you very much. I forgot we have that little jingle at the end there. You know, I got to ask you, Brad, did you catch any of those ugly fish? No, I didn't. Well, you know, I was oh, I was good. really looking. Oh, <laughs> me too. I was kind of looking forward to catching one of them sheep's head fish, but, uh, but we didn't catch any, but... Boy, the pictures I've seen of them, I don't know if I'd want to try to take one of them off the line. Oh, no. I would tell the guide, you take it off. I don't even want to look at that thing. Right. That's a creepy-looking fish. That was a really creepy-looking. 
Well, anyway, Kenny, one of the elements of this new bill that they're trying to do now that they've passed this abortion bill in Minnesota is one of one of the things is called the more reckless element of the bill is uh, they call it the, oh, there's my lovely bride. She's uh, going to go out in the lanai. It's nice and warm. Take the dog out there. Anyway, one of the most reckless elements of the bill is an attempt to repeal reporting requirements according to Maggie Haggie, a policy associate with the Minnesota Catholic Conference. The Minnesota Department of Health is required to issue a yearly public report. Well, they're going to do away with that as well. Um, And they say the reason for this, these reports share valuable data from which all Minnesotans benefit. Haggie told the House committee last week, with that knowledge, we can address the economic and racial disparities for pregnant Minnesotans the repeal of this abortion reporting requirement will also be detrimental to women who seek an abortion since without that in place, there would be no accountability for the abortion provider. Some of the provisions that the bill seek to repeal, such as parental notification requirements, were ruled unconstitutional last summer by a Ramsey County judge, but that ruling is currently under appeal. So they're going to go through every nook and cranny of Minnesota statute and try to repeal anything that may still allow for a little bit of constraint on abortions in Minnesota. I'll tell you what, this is not Minnesota nice as we know it. This is called Kill the Babies in Minnesota. Anyway, folks, we've got two more hours to come. We're just about to the point that we're going to uh, lose you on hour number one here. But we've got two afternoon hours and a lot of things to discuss. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about one of my least favorite organizations, Black Lives Matters, uh, because uh, I just received a uh, flyer from one of our listeners, uh, somebody Kenny knows pretty well, who uh, gave me the uh, breakdown of what Black Lives Matters is saying on their website about the shooting in Memphis, uh, Tennessee. And it will disgust you like it has disgusted me. No, no, no. Anyway, I, I, don't we'll think they, I don't think they shot him. It was just... Uh... No, no. No, they didn't shoot her. Uh, but, but this Black Lives Matters website thing is just incredibly uh, offensive. We'll talk about it when we come back. 